Honourable members, let me also welcome the Minister, Dr. Aaron Mutualevi, and the all members of the executive on the platform, and all the, your departments also. Honourable members, there will now be an opportunity for silent prayer or meditation. Thank you, honorable members. Honorable members, before we proceed, I would like to remind you that the virtual mini plenary is deemed to be in the precinct of parliament and constitute a meeting of the National Assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules of the virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of the debate, shall apply. Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in a sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute when recognized to speak. This is because the mics are very sensitive and will pick up noise which might disturb of other members. When recognized to speak, Please unmute your microphone and connect your video. We do appreciate the problems of uh, network. If that is the case, you will inform us uh, that you are unable to open your video so that you can get a better. Many members may, I mean, members may make use of the icons on the at the bottom of their screens which has an, a member to put up his or her hand to order. The secretary will assist in alerting the chairperson to members requesting to speak. When usual, using the virtual platform, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order interjections. Honorable members, we shall now proceed to the order, which is a debate on vote five home affairs appropriation bill. And now invite the minister of home affairs, the honorable Dr. Mutualedi. Honorable, you are recorded. House Chairperson, my colleague, Deputy Minister of Home Affairs, Mr. Njabulo Nzuza, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs, Honorable Musa Chabani, Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs, 
Honorable members of the National Assembly, Vice Chairperson of the Independent Electoral Commission, IEC, Medjanet Love and CEO, Mr. Simon Mabolo, Director General of the Department of Home Affairs, Mr. Tommy Makote, the CEO of Government Printing Works, Ms. Alina Fossi, and the Commissioner of the Border Management Authority, Dr. Mike Masiapato, members of the media, ladies and gentlemen. On this day of our budget vote, we as a Department of Home Affairs are acutely aware that we are sitting in this house in the presence of two elephants in the room. Yes, there are two main things that occupy our minds, your minds as members of the house and the minds of South African public at large. These are the, two, the, the long winding queues outside Department of Home Affairs and the issue of immigration in our land. At this moment in time, you are expecting no less from this budget vote than to hear what are the department's best laid plans to deal with these two issues. There are, of course, other important issues that affect members of the public that the Department of Home Affairs deals with daily, but the two main arms of the department, this civil services and immigration, have ever looming presence in our midst. Let me start with civic services and let me start with the issue of long queues in our front offices. It is common cause that we cannot pinpoint only one particular reason why we have got this unsavory state of affairs. There are numerous and various reasons that are responsible. However, the main one that sticks out like a sore thumb among the rest is the issue of system downtown. In my, uh, my previous budget speech, I referred to this as the original scene. It is painful and generally, uh, I mean, and generates a lot of anger to visit home affairs offices very early in the morning and just stand there and wait for hours on end because the systems are down. It is very frustrating to say the least. Many members of the public simply believe the Department of Home Affairs uh, computers don't work. And they keep asking us a question. Why don't you just fix your computers or buy new ones? We can't blame them. They don't know that the problem of systems downtown uh, are continuously, uh, uh, I mean, the continuous system down, down, are beyond just fixing computers. Last year, Chairperson both CETA, the State Information Technology Agency, and the Department of Home Affairs appeared in front of the Portfolio Committee and outlined plans to deal with the, this perennial problem. As if system downtime is not enough, you are also aware that we had a problem of COVID where we could not provide all the services. And now everybody has come back to demand the services which they missed for a period of 18 to 24 months. That makes the situation worse. But Chairperson, let me outline what CETA and the Department of Home Affairs together promised to the Portfolio Committee as interventions. Number one, the revamping of the old network. I'm happy to announce that CETA has informed us that they are spending 400 million rand revamping their entire network, uh, having just completed the procurement process in that regard. This revamp will be completed in the third quarter of this financial year. Number two, implement software uh, uh, defined network or SDN. This work has been con uh, concluded by CETA and will assist in increasing our bandwidth due to the number of applications we, we use at Civics. This will increase connectivity. Number five, uh, excuse me, number three, internet uh, uh, 
capacity. Honorable Chair, I know no other government department that consumes as much internet services as Home Affairs does. Virtually, internet services are a sine qua non of the existence of our civil services. CETA has now doubled its internet capacity and introduced three failovers uh, located in three cities, in, in Chwani, in Cape Town, and in Itequini. This will ensure that if any of the network is down, there'll be two to support our services. Members of the portfolio committee have always asked about the issue of redundancy, meaning backup connection or network. Hence the failovers uh, in three uh, uh, cities will assist in this redundancy. Uh, number four, the development plan for cybersecurity. CETA has finalized its procurement plan to address cybersecurity for IT infrastructure. This will be implemented during this financial year once the law enforcement agencies have given approval. All in all, Chair, CETA is committed to spend 1 billion rand on IT infrastructure to support the Department of Home Affairs and others. But we know Home Affairs will be the major beneficiary. Our intervention number five is the rollout of switches and routers. The department has installed 136 routers and 150 switches in 136 offices. We still need to install 112 routers and, and 68 switches, which have already been bought. Number six, bringing engineers from the banks. Honorable Chair, we wish to confess that whenever our systems are down, we stand in ear of the banks, which always seems to be having stable IT. And we ask ourselves, how do they achieve this? I'm happy to announce that after engagement on this issue, we are bringing on board eight IT engineers from the leading bank to assist stabilize our network. And, and all eight of them have already been vetted. Uh, the process has been completed. They are going to join us very soon. And our partnerships with the bank uh, will rapidly reduce our skills deficit. Members of the Home Affairs Portfolio Committee remember that we mentioned on numerous occasions that we want to bring the banks on board to provide some of the home affairs services. However, this did not work as fast as we did, simply because the banks are very worried about their reputation. They are worried because they use the same services as, as us, I mean, the same system as us, which, if it is down, will damage the reputation of the banks. But once some of their engineers have helped us, the banks will come on board to offer our services. Number seven, South Africa Connect, an announcement made by the Minister of Telecommunication, uh, I mean, of Communication and Digital Technologies. We know that this is a government-wide program, but Home Affairs will be a major beneficiary. Number eight, installing generators. Chairperson, we have installed generators in 197 modernized offices, but unfortunately, the remaining 215 non-modernized offices are always out of operation during the period of load shading uh, in a particular area, and this increases the queues. Uh, there is also a national sketch chairperson, uh, which Home Affairs is particularly vulnerable to. That is cable theft. On the 26th of April 2022, the headlines in the Daily Dispatch and Eastern Cape newspaper read as follows, and I open quotes, cable theft shuts Home Affairs, close quote. While technicians from CETA were able to resolve this, it took two days to in install new cables, leaving the entire province unable to access some services. Again, and needless to say, 
Members of the public simply believe home affairs is dismally failing to repair their computers. And they express their anger in abusive phone calls and emails that we receive. We do try and deploy mobile tracks every time uh, uh, there is cable theft. Uh, uh, NetJoins is also trying to deal with this matter. But the level of anger from the public is always high when this happens. And we ask members of the public to realize that when somebody steals cables, they are making it possible for them to get documents from home affairs. Our number nine intervention, Chair, is the issue of infrastructure. You all are aware that our offices are hired from the Department of Public Works. They were built by somebody else for their purposes. They are not custom made, but we have tried our best to start building custom made offices, such as the Rishikishiki office, which is now open. We are finalizing construction and will soon open offices in Limpopo, Mugopani and Toyando, and of course, Taung in Northwest. And we are about to start construction in Stenga and KZN. We have also registered 15 offices with presidential infrastructure coordinating committee for them to be built through a PPP project. And we have chosen our high volume offices. This is Byron Place in Pretoria. They're not so well spoken about Harrison Street office in Johannesburg. In the Eastern Cape is Buffalo City, Kabeha and Mtata. And in KwaZulu Natal is Pine Town and Dungundofu. In Limpopo is Polokwan and Pumalanga. It will be Amalatin and Bombela. As you can see, Honorable Chair, these 15 high volume infrastructure projects were well thought of and the offices identified were well chosen uh, because of the problem they perennially present to the public. However, we need to concede, Chair, that it will take some time until infrastructure relief uh, is felt by our clients because construction is still to start. Hence, as an immediate relief measure, we've been engaging several malls in our country. Operating home affairs offices at malls will obviate the problem of queuing in the sun or rain. Malls will provide convenient and safe parking for clients. We will start with Menlin Mall in Pretoria, Kester Mall and Southgate Mall in Johannesburg, the Pavilion in Itequin, and Tiger Valley Mall in Cape Town. It is hoped that Kester Mall operation will help relieve the much maligned Randberg office and the operation in the Pavilion will relieve the pressure on the Imugen office in, in KwaZulu-Natal, which is often not well spoken about. Honorable Chair, since the malls have, no, have to move tenants around to make way for home affairs, we will install our equipment in the malls around September this year. We shall start with the mainly mall in Pretoria and then roll out to the rest of the country. Our intervention number 10 is the branch appointment booking system called BAPS. This is an appointment system that has been piloted in 24 uh, of our high volume offices, which are the busiest. And up to so far, since December last year, when the pilot started, 33,463 people have used uh, 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 this facility. But the deputy minister is going to outline more on this issue, Chairperson, and I'll leave it. Our intervention number 11 is staffing of the department. The last mayor project on dealing with cure is the capitation of the department with staffing. We have complained on numerous occasions that our front office are only 39% staffed. This is because for the past five years, Treasury has left a, a ceiling or moratorium on compensation of employees and we're not able to replace people leaving department by natural attrition. 
and, and chairperson added to this is the painful loss of 40 front office staff due to COVID. We also suffered severe budget cuts uh, over the past two years because money had to go to health facilities to fight COVID. So, but in this financial year, we want to thank Treasury because they came to the party. Even though, Chairperson, I must warn, we still have a long way to go. We have been allocated 266 million rands to deal with our staffing. But unfortunately, in civics, it will only take us from 39% to 42%. We will hire 364 employees. 517 will be sent to the front offices and the 288 will be uh, new immigration officers. We are also deploying mobile offices, Chairperson. We have bought 10 extra mobile offices for 15 million. This financial year, we'll buy 15 more for 20 million. These trucks, mobile uh, services, have helped a lot in the recent flood in KwaZulu-Natal, and hence we value them a lot. And uh, this project also is a project of the Deputy Minister who is running it, and I'm sure he'll elaborate on it. Digitization of our paper records. Chairperson, we've announced many times that we've got 300 million paper records that stretches as far back as 1985, but all of them are manual. How do they contribute to long queues? Because people have to come back to home affairs many times when they are changing their names in what is called rectification or a name change because officials still have to go to archives and search among 300 paper records. And so they tell the client to come back. And unfortunately, this coming back may happen many times. Let me move to the issue of immigration. Honorable Chairperson, as I said earlier, another elephant in our room is the problem of immigration. I don't have to outline what is taking place in our country about this problem. It is a crisis that we are well aware of. However, if I were to start to outline here what we need to do, it will need its own budget speech. So for today, Chairperson, I think it will suffice for me to inform you that a complete overhaul, overall of the immigration system in the country is needed. And complete overhaul means exactly that. And I can assure you that work in this regard has well started, has already started, in, is underway, and will soon unveil it to you. Let me move to border management. Chairperson, we have considered the problem of porous borders in our country. You are aware that you are busy implementing the commissioner, uh, Dr. Masia Pato and the two deputy commissioners are busy every day. They've already finalized the recruitment of the first cohort of 200 border guards. And the border guards are coming next week for orientation and deployment to selected areas of the borderline where there are problems. Their uniform and their logo, uh, their, with their logo has already been purchased together with their tools of trade. And it is uh, a hope that this cohort will be officially launched in the first days of the coming quarter. Presently, Chairperson, the Border Management Authority is incubated as a branch in the Department of Home Affairs. But I wish to state to you that from the 1st of April next year, it will be a 3A public entity stand alone responsible for us, our, our borders. Let me go to counter-corruption. Uh, Chairperson, only 11 months ago, I came to the portfolio committee to introduce a counter-corruption unit of 13 people with, I mean, headed by one DDG. I'm sure you already know their work. 
uh, the number of arrests of kingpins and syndicates speaks vo- uh, volumes. 60% of their cases are, uh, uh, in the counter-corruption unit deal with immigration, especially matters uh, pertaining to permitting. And it's a testimony why we need complete overhaul of the immigration system in our country. Let me inform you that in the coming weeks, we'll continue to arrest more and more people, both foreign nationals and South Africans involved in passport fraud and other forms of identity theft, as well as corruption. Since the arrest of the Pakistani Kimpin on the 24th of March this year uh, at, at our Kruger stop offices, counter-corruption cannot get arrest. South Africans from all walks of life, including members of parliament, are reporting on a daily basis what is happening, corruption, where we need to go. And we are hitting the call, we are going there, we are investigating, and we are making progress. Chairperson, if you want to understand why we are so uh, 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 deliberate and, 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 and determined to deal with the issue of corruption, go to page three of Sowetan today and read what a, an independent crime and policing analyst, Professor Johan Berger, is saying. He is saying uh, South Africa identity system could be compromised if identity fraud is not stopped by authorities. And so we are authorities, we are going to stop the identity fraud. And Chairperson, let me tell you, we shall not, we shall do it without favor, without fear and prejudice, and we'll never be intimidated or derailed by anybody when we do this work. Uh, The counter-corruption unit is not just reactive, they also uh, identify loopholes and that's why we are going to hire 12 extra staff members who are analysts, researchers, and investigators. Government printing works, Chairperson. Uh, I, I promised the portfolio committee that will have a footprint in the whole continent of Africa. I'm reporting today that government printing works has delivered 60,000 copies of the Nam- Namibian certificate and will also deliver Namibian marriage certificate, death certificate, and Namibian permanent residence permit. And it also delivered 75 Good Shepherd College certificates, 1,435 university certificates, and 29 Royal Eswatini Police certificates for Eswatini. In terms of the pipeline, we are having a deal which has already been signed with Kenya to print IDs, travel documents, and examination material. Chairperson, if I go to the Independent Electoral Commission, the IEC has completed a review of the 2021 local government elections. And this experience is going to help us uh, for 2024 elections. And Chairperson, uh, the Portfolio Committee is busy with the appointment of, 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 of a new commission to fill up the space of the former Chairperson, whose term has come to an end. And we hope this will be done timely. I wish to take this opportunity, Chairperson, to thank my colleague, Deputy Minister Nzusa, for working very well with me and the DG of Home Affairs, Mr. Tommy Makote, CEO of Government Printing Works, Ms. Alina Fossi, the Commissioner of Border Management Authority, Dr. Masia Pato, and the former chair of the IEC, Mr. Mashinini, and the CEO, Mr. Mabolo, for very good working relationship. I also went, wish to thank the chairperson of Portfolio Committee, Remo Sashabani, and honorable members of the Portfolio Committee for a very warm and extremely well-productive working relationship. This spells progress, Chairperson. And I'm taking the consideration of this honorable house, an amount of 9.4 billion rand for budget vote number five, the Department of Home Affairs. I thank you very much.
Thank you, Minister. Thank you very much. Uh, you still have a, a minute or over left. That's why you didn't see my face. Let me just say to all members, whenever my face appears, it's an indication for you to wrap up because you'll be left with uh, one minute. I'll always switch off my video to allow that so that I don't in interfere with your speech. As we proceed now, we will uh, recognize the ANC and uh, the chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, Honorable Chabani. Thank you, House Chairperson, uh, Minister Mzoleji, Deputy Minister Njabulu Nzunza, Honorable Members, Deputy Chairperson of the IC, Mayor Janet Love, and all Commissioners, the CEO of Government Printing Works, MEFOC, Commissioner of uh, uh, Border Management Authority, Director General, Fellow South Africans. I rise to support this budget for Wood 5, which is tabled on the eve of Africa Day. On the 25th of May, 1963, 32 signatory government established the Organization of African Unity, the precursor of African Union. The objective of this establishment was to encourage political and economic integration among member states from African continent. Africa Month allows us to reflect on the continent's progress and the common challenges that she faces. The AU has esteemed this year's celebration in building resilience in nutrition on the African continent. The global, the global crisis caused by the COVID pandemic exposed economic vulnerability of African countries, as well as weaknesses of health and food security. The natural, natural, disaster, the natural disaster which befell the, the people of KwaZulu Natal and Eastern Cape has also contributed negatively to these realities. The speedy intervention by the Department of Home Affairs, which made financial concession and provided identity document for, res for residents affected by the flood, must be applauded by this House. These interventions ensure that people are, people are able to access much needed social security intervention provided by the ANC-led government. The core mandate of the department is to secure, confirm our identity and citizenship, promoting well-being of all citizens, regardless of race, gender, or class. House Chairperson, on the 15th of March, 2020, after the declaration of a national state of disaster, the president announced a 500 billion fiscal support package, which included spending towards COVID-19. This meant that the Department of Home Affairs had to adopt a special adjustment budget to modify 2020-2021 budget allocation. The outbreak of COVID-19 and other economic factors facing South Africa resulted in a budget being, of Department of Home Affairs being cut twice in amount of 1.8 billion in the financial year 2020-21 and 2021-2022. In fact, the baseline was cut by 969 million and 971 million was for compensation of employees. House Chairperson, the impact of this budget cuts has been severe as a critical post for both civic and immigration as the minister has outlined. However, welcome the national treasury allocation of 266 million to fill these vacancies in these critical areas. Portfolio Committee has been raising concern on the vacant positions which are critical in the life operation of the Department of Home Affairs such that of the Deputy Director General Counter-Corruption Counter and Security Services, 
and the Chief Information Officer. Today, House Chairperson, we can report to this House that all this position has been, has been filled. In a quest to, to resolve the war against law of long queues and system downtime, we are convinced that the new CIO will gradually stabilize the challenges of system downtime, which negatively affect our people. In the same vein, the Department of Home Affairs, as outlined by the minister, has faced criticism from the society on alleged corruption. Since the appointment of the DGG Anti-Corruption Unit, we have observed positive response on a war against corruption within the department. The Anti-Corruption Unit is further intended to protect and promote integrity of the department, as well as ensuring that operations are conducted in a safe and corrupt-free environment. Through the Anti-Corrupt Unit, today the department has recorded 250 people that have been arrested, including 123 Home Affairs officials and 84 nine officials who are account of issuing of fraudulent security documents such as IDs and passports. More concerning House Chairperson is that eight South African police services were also arrested in related corruption activities in the Department of Home Affairs. This ex-House Chairperson Sabotage, sub, this acts of sabotage by some officials directly contribute to, to the undermining of the security of our country. With this budget, we hope, that, we hope to see strengthening of the anti-corruption initiative to ensure that we protect the integrity of our population register and the security of our country. House Chairperson, the president signed into law the Border Management Authority Act of 2020. This was a critical step towards the establishment of the BMA, which will enable the implementation of an integrated border management approach in South Africa. The BMA will have jurisdiction for implementing border law enforcement mandates, such as facilitating and managing of legitimate movement of persons and goods within the border enforcement area and at the port of entry. The Portfolio Committee welcomed the appointment of the BMA commissioner and the two deputy commissioners. We are confident that the BMA will be fully operationalized within the targeted period and will play a critical role in addressing our vulnerability and challenges of porous borders. In, 20, in June 2020, the Constitutional Court set aside the order of the Western Cape High Court and declared the Electoral Act 73 of 1998 as unconstitutional to the extent that it required that adult citizens may be elected to national and provincial legislature only through their membership of political parties. In this regard, significant progress had been made so far as to comply with the order. The Electoral Amendment Bill was introduced and referred to the, to the committee on the 10th of January, 2022. In line with the constitution, extensive public participation has been carried out by the committee. We will in due course bring before this house a bill worth consideration, a bill replete with the views made by South Africans. Because of the 24 month deadline in which to amend the legislation is almost upon us, a request of extension has been made to the Constitutional Court. House Chairperson, one of the entities which received the budget allocation from the budget vote five is the Independent Electoral Commission, which is an institution supporting constitutional democracy. The Portfolio Committee takes this opportunity to applaud the IEC for maintaining clean audit outcomes in the past financial year, which is a demo demonstration of good governance. This can be apportioned to the entire IEC commissioners, the executive management, and the entire 
workforce. We further thank the IEC for considering to appoint former Deputy Chief Justice Moseneke to undertake an inquiry in whether, to free, in whether free and fair elections were possible under the public health emergency COVID-19. The IEC just this past week briefed the committee on the 2021 local government election report. We must applaud the IEC, we must applaud the IEC for delivering a free and fair election, electoral process that strengthens our democratic system. Despite these successes, we have called on the IEC to continue strengthening its, its process, particularly on the challenges experienced as a result of the new system, the VMD, to ensure that the credibility of our democracy, of the credibility of our elections are protected. The Portfolio Committee has accepted the local government election report and isolated issues that the IEC must work on as we prepare for the 2024 national and provincial elections including the coming by-elections. Since its inception, House Chair, IEC has been improving its system for fair and free conduct of elections. It is a critical institution which supports our relatively young yet maturing democracy. We further want to extend our collective appreciation to the former chairperson of IEC, Tate Machinini, for his contribution to the work of the institution. As you know, his term has ended and the minister has outlined the process that the portfolio committee is undertaking currently. House Chairperson, oversight means for holding the executive accountability for its action and for ensuring that it implements policy in, in accordance with laws and budget passed by parliament. It is through oversight that parliament can ensure a balance of power and assert its role as the defender of people's interest. Since the sixth parliament, the portfolio committee conducted three oversight at government printing works facilities, engaging with labor management on challenges faced by the institution. As the minister has outlined, significant progress has been made in terms of its government governance and operational system. Furthermore, the government printing works expanding is expanding its footprint in the SADC region, which must be uploaded because it will contribute to the economic spin-off and creation of new, more jobs. Welcome the recent appointment by Government Printing Works of the specialists who will support the ICT and the fi finance unit to manage the pertaining, the pertaining challenges that we've identified of system downtime during our oversight. House Chairperson, we must emphasize that South Africa remains open and accessible for migrants, but we must reaffirm that immigration laws of, this, of the country must be respected. Evident by the progress of the Border Management Authority, the Portfolio Committee has directed the department to increase its capacity on immigration inspectorate and strengthen immigration laws. We commend the minister and your entire team for the good work you have demonstrated in response to all the recommendations of the Portfolio Committee. Finally, I would like to take this opportunity, House Chair, to wish South Africans and the citizens of the motherland Africa, a happy Africa day tomorrow. The future we're building today must leave Africa in integrated, prosperous, and peaceful for the current and the future generation. We support this budget, Asante Sana. Thank you, House Chairperson. Uh, honorable members, the next speaker from the DA, we recognize the Honorable Kanyele.
Thank you, Chairperson. Today, as we debate the Home Affairs Budget, I would like to take this opportunity to thank Mr. Jackson McKay, former Deputy Director General of Immigration, for the sterling work and dedication he has shown while serving in the aforementioned portfolio, and we wish him well on his retirement. We would also express, like to express our appreciation to the DG, Mr. Makode, DG Civic Services, and Mr. Sigama, and their teams for the efficient service and response to all queries we escalate to their offices. Sadly, these men and women are thrown under the bus by the minister who does not take this department seriously. The network system at Home Affairs is consistently offline. As a result, queuing at Home Affairs branches before sunrise gives no guarantee of making it into the building before sunset. We have conducted oversight at Balfour, Nigel Springs, Barack Streets, as well as the Lenbosch branches. We also conducted an oversight at Home Affairs Regional Office situated on Harrison and Plain Streets. And this particular oversight was led by the leader of the opposition, as he felt he could not fold his arms while we were inundated with a huge volume of calls from members of the community complaining about the disservice they were subjected to in various branches. We are all, and, and they are also told to come back the next day because of offline network. For all the, the above oversight, we have witnessed the network being offline or a photo booth crashing while we are on the premises. The Home Affairs Network regularly goes offline, effectively shut down the application of documents until the system is back online. This may take up to seven and a half hours, which may prompt officials to ask the applicants to return the following day. The applicants will then make an effort to arrive as early as five o'clock the next morning to be able to be first in the queue. This puts the applicants' lives at risk as they are expected to leave their homes around four in the morning because some of them need to catch about three taxis to get to home affairs offices. In August 2021, we welcomed an announcement by the department to introduce an appointment booking system. This intervention will not yield fruitful results if the minister does not attend to the system's upgrade agently. This network issue also puts the lives of the officials in local offices at risk. We have been told by some officials that when they advise applicants that the system is offline, they get physically and verbally attacked because applicants blame them for the department's inefficiencies. On many occasions, they have been rescued by the member of South African Police Service, but the minister wouldn't know about this because he's hardly on the ground. Some individuals use these long queues to exploit applicants by making them pay 300 rands to skip the queue. This also puts those without money further back in the queue. Just last week on Monday, the 16th of May, 2022, all home affairs branches were offline and we have been advised that most branches, if not all of them, lose about 40 hours of work per month. I would therefore like to suggest to the minister that the minister must urgently attend to the system's upgrade. Introduce a queuing system where applicants will be given numbers as they arrive and the numbers must be linked to an attendance register with full details of the applicant. This will ensure that no one skips the queue. A queue marshal must always be made available outside to direct applicants to designated queues. And they also need to issue a schedule to schools for mobile units visit a month in advance to enable parents to make arrangements to take leave. Chairperson, National Treasury has allocated about 266 million to the department which will enable the department to appoint more officials. Most offices operate with insufficient staff. 
we urge the department to, to urgently finalize the filling of funded posts. I also invite the minister to visit various home affairs offices and witness the horrible long queues applicants that are exposed to. Chairperson, the IEC delivered the worst local government elections in November 2021. A huge number of voters were denied their right to vote for their preferred candidates, and this was caused by the IEC's incompetency. On the registration weekend, the IEC system was offline, which prompted the details of those who wanted to be registered to be captured manually, and those details were never captured into their system. This was caused by the use of a newly procured voter management device, which was never tested. On the voting day, we witnessed lots and lots of voters being turned away from various cities because they did not appear on the voters' roll. On the voters' roll, this happened even after the IEC appeared many times before the portfolio and confirmed its readiness to hold elections. Many voters were registered in cities that are between five to seven kilometers away from their residential area. Not only that, others were registered in different wards. In closing, Chairperson. The Afrobarometer conducted a survey in 2021 on the community trust rate for the Electoral Commission. And it shows that it has actually declined from 69% in 2014 to 36% in 2021. We expect the minister to ensure that every voter exercises their right to vote as enshrined in our constitution. And the first time voters are just as important. They must never be denied an opportunity to vote. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Kanyile. Honorable Tito from the EFF, are you the one speaking as you are on? I don't have a name here. Yes, yes, I was chairperson. It's me. It's me who's speaking. Thank you. Thank you, I was chair. You may proceed. You may proceed. Thank you. Thank you. House Chair, the Economic Freedom Fighters reject the proposed budget vote for the Department of Home Affairs. We debate this budget vote just a few hours before we celebrate Africa Day, a celebration that should have one message, a message of love and reconciliatory justice for the continent, a celebration that should be characterized by an unwavering call for a united Africa, a celebration that should demand the removal of colonial borders, and a celebration that should call for a, for a united front against new colonial regimes and puppets of England, France, and all Western imperialisms. As the EFF, we condemn the undebated xenophobic sentiments driven by hate of our African brothers and sisters. We were not shocked when a minister and a member of cabinet went to deep slot after the painful killing of Elvis Nyati, holding hands with vigilant groups assisted by the police, going door to door conducting illegal raids. Elvis Nyati did not have to die for the minister of, of Home Affairs to know that there are no services at the borders and Home Affairs officers are dysfunctional. Elvis Nyati did not have to die such a painful death stoned and burnt like an animal because crime in South Africa is out of control and townships and informal settlements are safe place for criminals. One of the many reasons the minister had no right to 
was to go and parade himself in deep sleep like a messiah. Is that home affairs officials are taking money from desperate African foreign nationals who only want to make an honest living? The solution to migration is the development of the African continent and the creation of massive industries that will create sustainable jobs, not the criminalization of Africans who were born on this continent. The past five years, committee budgets and and recommendations reports have all lamented the shambolic state of home affairs offices. Home affairs workers work in disgusting offices. Computers in orange farms and Renfontein centers don't work. Sibasa offices are without internet for several days. In East London, people stand in queues outside in the sun for hours and sometimes go to home affairs without services. Old people are sleeping outside home affairs because their grandchildren need certificates to receive social grants. But none of these issues have been resolved. Instead, the minister always comes here to ridicule the members of parliament and take cheap shots as if we are in an ANC branch meeting, giving an impression that he knows it all and he is doing something when on the ground. Home affairs workers are suffering and our people are stranded every day at home affairs offices. We must all stop laughing at this minister's cheap shots, at, especially us as members of parliament. The plight of our people is not a joke. We know there is no competency and capacity to resolve home affairs offices. That is why even the proposed budget cuts are not a problem for this cabinet. It is now almost two months. People lost their identity documents in the floods in KwaZulu-Natal and the Eastern Cape. Some cannot get social assistance because they do not have identity documents. African foreign nationals who are here with all the required papers are treated like criminals because this department is failing to intervene urgently. The Department of Home Affairs Emergency Operation functions like any other Home Affairs office in the country. We must all be angry at this because it is the lives of people we are talking about. Deploy all mobile services and employ additional assistance, including the appointment of graduates in affected communities to fast track the issuing of IDs, passports and work permits urgently. The continued reliance of CETA and the public works without a solution inside is a sign of a collective incompetency of the ruling party. CETA cannot even help itself and its systems are always offline. CETA prides itself on being the government's biggest consumer of IT goods and services because it relies on contractors who inflate prices and do poor work. A state technology company must have its own capacity, its own engineers, and inform the country's technology industrial policy. The fact that the master plan for the government printing work hasn't hasn't been finished is part of a plan to keep taking money from the department's budget. We reject the proposed budget as the economic freedom fighters. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Ma'am Tito. We now move to the IF Funder Merve. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chairperson. Honourable House Chairperson, it is another year, another budget vote, and yet the Department of Home Affairs remains broken. So broken is this system 
that South Africans are forced to rise at the crack of dawn, take a day off work and use their last bit of money to travel to a home affairs office. Yet queuing outside a home affairs office for an entire day is no guarantee that you will get assisted, never mind getting into a insult to injury. Home affairs offices are perpetually offline, largely due to aging obsolete wireless infrastructure and all the issues the minister listed earlier. Calls and emails go unanswered and the website is often not functioning. This department also has not been able to roll out its services to more than a handful of banks. This dysfunctional system has opened the door for a variety of entrepreneurs, including the so-called Q-sitters. But there are more elaborate schemes, such as the one at the Pretoria Home Affairs office, where for 500 Rand, you can jump the queue, get your paperwork processed in 30 minutes, and as an added bonus, you're even walked to your car and offered a cool drink. So broken is this system, Chairperson, that MPs have become admin officers of this department. Every day we are inundated with calls from citizens in desperate need of help with their passports, IDs, birth certificates and permits. At the heart of this crisis is an underfunded department, dilapidated offices, staff shortages and vacancies in critical and senior posts. Less than half of the department's offices have been modernized. But the biggest crisis this department presides over, Chairperson, is a full-blown immigration crisis. The reality is we do not have borders. The current manual asylum seeker system has collapsed and has been abused by economic migrants. Corruption is endemic. Syndicates run by foreign nationals are printing fake South African documents, brazenly using home affairs offices as their base of operation. Millions of non-citizens enter South Africa, never to leave again. And let me state the BMA is not the panacea to our problems yet, because it will take millions we don't have and many more years to become fully operational. Chairperson, so deep and far-reaching is this immigration crisis that reports suggest that ISIS is being funded from our shores by small businesses run by illegal migrants. So deep is this immigration crisis that it's relegated South Africans to the unemployment lines. By government's own admission, some employers prefer employing only foreign nationals, even those who are not legally permitted to work in South Africa. It is our government's failures that have turned wor worker against worker, destabilizing communities and pitting citizens against non-citizens. The rise therefore of groups seeking to tackle our immigration crisis is a direct response to our government's own failures. So deep is this immigration crisis that a Russian-born actress reportedly recently succeeded in lodging a bogus asylum claim in order to attend a party hosted by a South African billionaire. This after alleged political interference to persuade immigration officers to let her into the country failed. That, Chairperson, is the scope of this crisis, a clear picture of a dysfunctional, broken home affairs system. Chair, it's time for our government to table to the nation a plan of action to fix our immigration system to ease the legitimate concerns that Africans are raising. I'm glad the minister made a commitment in this regard earlier, but we would need time frames for this plan to be implemented. Minister, the IFP believes that such a plan must include a commitment for additional immigration inspectors and resources for deportation from Treasury. With the prevalence of fake South African documents increasing, we require a review of all passports, IDs, and residency permits, 
a commitment to resolve the backlog in the asylum seeker system within 12 months, as well as establishing asylum seeker and refugee processing centers at the ports of entry. Those selling South African documents are committing a crime against the state and must face long and harsh prison sentences. Minister, a failure to fix your department will continue to put at risk the safety and security of our citizens and the very future of our nation. Urgent action must be taken to restore the DHA now. Minister, we need to build a home affairs that South Africans deserve. One that meets its values of being people-centered, patriotic, professional, ethical, efficient, and innovative. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Father Merve. We proceed and uh, from the FF Plus, recognize the Honorable Mulder. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The Department for Home Affairs is most probably the largest contributor in creating an equal society in South Africa. The department is a great leveler. The long queues are where the nation meets citizens with little kids, pensioners, people with big cars, people with low cars, all races, all ages. People are spending hours and days at local branches of home affairs and often has to return the next day for another attempt to be assisted. In this department, Honorable Chair, the legacy of the Zuma and Kigawa era is clearly visible. And it seems as if the department is on the road to nowhere and state failure once again comes to mind. What is so complicated about processing, producing and dispersing ID documents and passports? If we can't succeed with something as simple as this, how can we run a sophisticated economy and a state? Chair, the department is supposed to be the custodian, protector and verifier of the identity and status of citizens and other persons resident in South Africa and to control, regulate and facilitate immigration and the movement of persons through the ports of entry. In June 2021, the processing of applications was gazetted to resume on 1 January 2022 after no permanent residence permit applications have been processed since March 2020 when the COVID-19 state of disaster was first declared. Chair, this suspension has left ordinary permanent residence applicants in limbo with their daily lives being severely affected. Several applicants have, however, not even received any response or feedback from the department, even from as long ago as 2017. The Freedom Front Plus receives requests from desperate applicants on a daily basis, with a backlog in applications standing at more than 33,000 already. Chair, the Constitutional Court deadline of 10 June 2022 to finalize and pass the electoral bill will still require a significant amount of time and the department has already applied for postponement at the Constitutional Court. Yet another example of non-compliance by the department. Poor border control and illegal immigration compound serious challenges in the provision of basic services and temporary emergency accommodation. ESCOM's inability to provide electricity also has a detrimental effect, the ability of home affairs officers and border control, for example, at Namibia last week, where cars and trucks were being held for several hours because no fuel was provided for at the generators during load shedding. Chair, the Freedom Front Plus will be the watchdog 
on how the department will manage the represented political parties fund, doubled the sub-program from 166.8 million in the previous financial year to 342.1 million in the current financial year. This increase translates to 96.26% increase in real terms. Over the medium term, Jeff, the Department for Home Affairs will have to focus on establishing incrementally operationalizing the Border Managing Act to secure international migration, modernizing the ICT infrastructure and to ensure the integrated planning and efficient administration, the reducing of fraud, ensuring the timely issuing of permits and visas to facilitate economic growth and job creation. The Honorable Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Mutsuleri, today in fact acknowledged that the department is in trouble and is on a road to nowhere, which is actually where the department is heading to if extraordinary measures are not implemented. These measures are still not visible or provided for in the new financial year, and therefore the Freedom Fund Plus will not support this budget vote. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mulder. Uh, just to verify that the ACGP is not participating since I can't see any member here. Before we proceed, nobody. I will now invite the Deputy Minister of Home Affairs, the Honorable Zuza. Honorable Chairperson, Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Aaron Mtualeti, Members of the Executive, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs, Honorable Musa Chabane, Members of the Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs, Acting Chairperson of the IEC, Director General of the Department of Home Affairs and your entire management team, the CEO of Government Printing Works, the Commissioner of the PMA, fellow South Africans. It is always an honor and with a sense of great pride and duty to address this occasion which deliberates on the allocation of resources by the Department of Home Affairs to its key programs. The deliberations on the allocation of resources in the form of a budget vote contributes extensively in ensuring that the limited resources make a great impact towards improving the lives of the people. These resources will give a newborn child their first form of identity and belonging to our great nation. These resources will continue to protect the identity of millions of South Africans, these resources, Chairperson, will open gates to the world to millions of South Africans who continue to travel the world. These resources will give access to identity documents to our young people, allowing them to grow and fulfill their dreams. These resources are important for all of us to live our lives because without these documents, we become invisible. The Department of Home Affairs carries the responsibility of ensuring that no South African under any circumstances suffers the scandal of invisibility. This we do by managing citizenship and civil registration. Chairperson, our commitment, resolve, and ability to respond, even in times of crisis, was put to the test during the floods that ravaged KZN, Eastern Cape, and other parts of our country. Thousands of citizens were affected by the floods, and more than a thousand lost their enabling documents. We had the responsibility to respond to this crisis in order to normalize the lives of those affected by having to speedily issue enabling documents to the victims, allowing them to rebuild their lives. In order for us to respond to the crisis, we deployed nine mobile units, which have serviced 41 sites, 
We service 2,224 citizens for smart ID cards applications and issued 349 birth certificates on the spot. The reissue of both smart ID cards and birth certificates were at no cost to citizens, understanding that this was a, and still remains a disaster. It is, a blight, it is blatantly untrue that we have not serviced those affected by the floods in KZN. In fact, we have done so and will continue to do so. The disaster situation also displaced, displayed the capabilities of our mobile units to service people in areas in which they live, taking both application and issuing of enabling documents. Our mobile unit fleet has proved to be effective in reaching out to far-flung areas and in order to provide services to people who are unable to visit our offices. We are currently operating a fleet of 100 mobile units, which also provide support to high-volume offices and offices under distress. In the past financial year, the budget allowed us to conduct 2,056 site visits. This fleet has not this fleet has been able to service 131,164 clients and school learners with smart ID card applications in the 21-22 financial year. This resulted in two cities in saving thousands of rents in travel costs that would have been incurred had they gone to our offices. The 21-22 budget allowed us to procure additional 10 mobile units which are ready for deployment. We'll be procuring a further 15 mobile units in the 22-23 financial year. Through the mobile units, we are better placed to reach out to areas where there is likely or no home affairs footprint, especially in rural and remote areas. The mobile units are also the backbone of our school smart ID campaign, which has benefited both urban and rural schools. Using mobile units, we have been able to target learners, ensuring that South African learners doing grade 12 sit for their examinations already in possession of a smart ID card. We have now placed focus on grade 12, which saw the number of learners starting their grade 12 without identity documents reduced from 8,187 in 2020 to 2,560 in the 2021 academic year. In the period, we visited 1,011 schools working in partnership with the Department of Basic Education. The additional mobile units purchased and the ones to be purchased in the, in the new financial year will extend our reach and greatly enhance our school ID campaigns. This budget chair will allow us to, fe- to further our efforts in issuing smart ID cards to our citizens. I am pleased to announce that by the end of 2021-2022 financial year, more than 19 million South African citizens have been issued with smart ID cards. The replacement of the old green barcoded book with the new smart ID card initiated in 2013 remains on track with milestone search for each year. Chairperson, the 21-22 budget allowed us to issue a total of 2,369,172 smart ID cards, surpassing the target of 1.6 million. This was despite the limitations imposed on operations by the COVID-19 pandemic and its management and preventative measures. Of these smart ID cards issued, 966,068 were for first-time applicants, comprising mainly of the youth. It is a significant improvement compared to the 622,539 issued to first-time applicants in the previous financial year. It is indicative of the impact we are making in the lives of young people of our country. This we can never do, Chairperson, without the resources and the budget that we are deliberating upon today.
The budget allocation for the financial year 22-23 has allowed us to increase the planned issue of smart ID cards with 37.5%, which is 600,000 more than the previous financial year, which means in the upcoming financial year 22-23, we will issue 2.2 million smart ID cards to citizens attaining the age of 16 years and above. We continue to make steady progress towards universal birth registration. We strive to build a credible, accurate and secure national population register with a single point of entry within the first 30 calendar days of birth. In the 21-22 financial year, we had set the target of registering 700,000 births within 30 calendar days. We, however, surpassed these targets by registering 1,018,718 births, of which 800,057, accounting for 78.5%, were registered within 30 calendar days. This percentage is up from 73.7% of the previous financial year. We intend to normalize early birth registration at above 90% by the year 2024. Part of the strategy in this regard is expanding our office footprint in health facilities in order to bring home affairs services closer to the people. In this way, parents can register their children before leaving the hospital or health facilities, a service which is more convenient than planning a visit to home affairs at a later stage. This service is rendered in partnership with the Department of Health. The number of registration sites where beds were registered during the review period was 803, consisting of 412 home affairs front offices and all of the 391 health facilities where we have presence. Currently, there are 391 home affairs civic registration offices in health facilities. Our country has 1,445 health facilities with maternity wards, and our plan is to ensure that the civic registration capabilities exist in all of them. The health facilities collections are funded through the revenue we generate from issuing enabling documents and other activities which were negatively impacted due to COVID-19. The positive impact of the health facilities is demonstrated by the 42.3% of beds registered in 21-22, which were done at health facilities, which is an increase from 33.4% in 2020-2021. We anticipate that the numbers of bed registration in health facilities will increase in the current financial year as we increase the footprint and the presence of the Department of Home Affairs in health facilities. Chair, we are making progress in threatening our partnership with the banks in support of the rollout of the smart ID card and the machine-readable passports. We currently have 28 bank branches connected to live capture system to enable online processing of smart ID card and passport application. Our clients need customized and personalized services. Due to the unique nature of their needs, hence our technology must respond to such unique needs. We have clients with names that have special characters, fingerprints that are damaged by years of physical labor, amputees due to medical or accident, and many other challenges. It is our duty to ensure that our system responds to such individuals irrespective of their challenges. Hence, we continue to enhance our technology to have multimodal biometrics like facial recognition. The 2022-23 financial budget will see us exploring new ways to better service citizens. We'll procure kiosks that will allow clients to self-service for passports and smart ID applications and reprint birth, marriage, and death certificates. The kiosk will be designed in a manner that will require authentication through biometrics and will be located in strategic areas to allow access even after office hours or weekends. 
The self-service kiosk will usher a new era in the manner in which we service our clients. The recently piloted branch appointment booking system that Minister mentioned earlier is proving to be a solution in as far as dealing with the management of queues. The branch appointment booking system can be accessed by clients through Home Affairs website and is web-based. It provides citizens with the ability to book the dates and time slots for their choice it is linked with the National Population Register for additional security. The rollout of the system will follow a phased approach and 43 large offices will have, will have the system by 30 June 2022. 120 medium offices will have the system by 31 October 2022. 34 small offices by November 2022. And the remaining offices will continue as work-in services. The branch appointment system pilot currently operates on a hybrid model in 25 offices that we have rolled in of course, we didn't want to turn away clients that have not made a booking, and it's not only used for to book for applications, passports, and smart IDs cards only. In the future, we would like to only service book clients for those two products because it is our firm belief that scheduling an appointment for those two products is possible compared to scheduling a death or a bed registration because those occurrences that are not planned for in advance. Hence, we will continue to take walk-ins for those two services. The citizens will be able to access the Home Affairs website link to schedule an appointment on their desktops, laptops, tablets, and smartphones. We are exploring partnership with more institutions that are and are in discussion with the South African Post Office to extend accessibility to of our services. We are also exploring opening offices in major shopping centers in which we envisage a future uptake with five of the malls having offered rent-free space for five years. I would like to appreciate the work that continues to be done by our National Youth Forum. The Home Affairs National Youth Forum continues to be a pillar of support in improving service quality. The Youth Forum in the previous financial year conducted outreach program with other youth sectors in government and in the NGO sector. In this area, a key activity for this year is the National Youth in Bezo. They have also led the Wicked Volunteer Program where specific offices are opened to service learners and the youth over the weekends. Chairperson, we have the responsibility to ensure that the budget is managed in a responsible manner that is free of corruption. A budget must do what is meant for that derives value for money. We are pleased that the department achieved an unqualified result in respect for the 2020-2021 financial year. This was the fifth successive unqualified audit opinion for the department. Matters preventing the department from achieving a clean audit outcome are impairments and receivables and accrued, and accrued departmental revenue. We do acknowledge that there is still more to be done in improving the department's audit outcome, but our ability to maintain an unqualified audit opinion means we are taking correct steps in the right direction. In conclusion, Chair, through our collective commitment and resilience, I believe that the vision of a modern, secure Department of Home Affairs that strategically delivers its full constitutional mandate is within reach. Already there are pockets of excellence. As you may recall, at the height of COVID-19 lockdown, our front offices were confronted with extraordinary long queues. The East London Large Office is an example of our commitment to improve service delivery. But a voluntary starting work at 6 a.m., Along with a few innovative measures, the office manager, Mr. Ali Van Hirden, and his team have managed to turn things around. 
On a normal day, public members are served swiftly and efficiently, and the sight of long queues is no longer a problem for this particular office. And I invite honorable members who went there long time ago to go there now and see how the situation has improved. There are many other examples that we can give of officials who go beyond the call of duty. We wish to applaud all of them for the good work they are doing. I wish to extend my sincere gratitude to the minister, the director general, the entire management team of Home Affairs for continuing to work tirelessly in steering the ship. We must remember our task is never to point to problems, but our task is to resolve the complex problems. I would like to further thank the chairperson and members of the portfolio, portfolio Committee on Home Affairs who have continued and offered their steadfast support and counsel over the years through their continued oversight and valuable guidance. Together, we surely can build a future fit Home Affairs Department. I thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister. Thank you very much. As I hand over to my co-chairperson, the Honorable Makaule, I would like now to recognize the Honorable Zungula from the ATM. Minister, as the ATM, we're very happy that you have demonstrated that you understand your department is critical in ensuring the integrity of the National Population Register and the national security risk of having millions of undocumented and untraceable immigrants is dealt with. We appreciate that you are aware and dealing with some of the failures of your department that often lead to conflict within communities who feel the government is nonchalant on the immigration crisis we have. In addition, Minister, we are calling on you to seize the moment and utilize the opportunity granted by the courts to amend the Electoral Act to bring the necessary changes even in the Constitution. Our Constitution must allow only native South Africans to run for public office. It cannot be that in South Africa we run the risk of a British national, um, American or Chinese 10 South African um, running for public office. In the absence of government enforcing the law, what is unfortunate is that people govern themselves and that could lead to violence and loss of life. Minister Akuko Lizwe Lingenam Teto, It is unfortunate that South Africa is a preferred destination, not just for economic migrants, but for criminals and all people who want to abuse our receptive laws. Minister, there are reports of ISIS using South Africa as a financing outpost through shorty businesses, drug trafficking, human trafficking, and kidnapping. Uh, the staff in our department that commit crimes of selling our sovereignty must not only be dismissed, they must be charged with treason. The law must go very hard on those unpatriotic, corrupt outlaws. Minister, you must protect millions of poor native South Africans who have unfair economic competition with people from far parts of the world where there was no apartheid. The bleak reality is that millions of citizens are displaced from economic activities in favor of non-South Africans. This displacement is unsustainable and is likely to lead to tension and violence like we witnessed in Robertson. Ministers must continue to be unapologetic, bold, and strong in affirming our laws. South Africa 
is not a banana republic. Apo nobango banina angafika enze udamtiriri. Kuba minister, be loyal and faithful to the people of South Africa. Affirm our laws. Protect our nation from any invasion or terror activity that can happen on our soil. It is very dangerous to have millions of people who aren't documented, whereby if they commit crimes, they can easily skip the country and South African victims of crime can never get justice. Minister, defend the country, affirm the dignity of South Africans who have never enjoyed the economy, land and opportunities that their forefathers fought for when fighting for freedom. The ATM minister will always support you when you enforce our laws and we, when you make Thank sure you. that... Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Zungula. The next speaker is Honorable Heron. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, if ESKIM is the yardstick for the state's opera- operational inefficiencies, the Department of Home Affairs must sadly come a close second. Having to queue endlessly to access official documents is not just a matter of inconvenience. For many in our country, it's more a matter of life and death. They depend on these documents to which they should be entitled in order to access social grants, travel documents, refugee papers to retain jobs and maintain livelihoods. Getting an ID document in South Africa in 2022 should be more or less as simple as opening a bank account. The reason it's simple to open a bank account is because banks understand that if they make it complicated or unpleasant, potential customers will go elsewhere. The problem for home affairs customers is that there's nowhere else to go. It's poorer people as usual to house chair who suffer the worst consequences. A recent site visit by the departmental officials highlighted the fact that many people are unable to access social grants because they don't have original identity documents. According to people in the queues, temporary identity documents don't work to access a social grant. Before COVID, the department was battling to stay afloat, trying to manage a growing backlog of applications with outdated operating systems, reduced operating hours, and staff shortages. Many people who already struggle to put food on the table are expected to pay for temporary identity documents and again later for the actual document. And those who can't afford these fees have no alternative but to wait until they can, and so the poverty cycle continues. Both the department and the SASA and SASA have introduced a new online system to book appointments and access various services. To book an appointment, a person needs to visit the website and enter their SA identity number. Online appointments are ideal in a world with proper infrastructure and management and access to affordable data. And this is not the case for for South Africans living below the poverty line. Here we want efficient online systems, but we also need efficient and accessible counter space or counter service. What we have is that those citizens who who are able to make appointments um, online receive appointments two or three months away. When the due date dawns, they get up early and in the dark to hit the queue early. But when they eventually get to the front, they must brace themselves for further delays and they must sometimes come back again. South Africans, uh, House Chair, have the right to be able to prove their identity. We have to ensure that that right and all the services associated with being able to identify who you are, including voting, are not denied because an ID document is unaffordable and inaccessible. House Chair, we must re-examine the tariffs for home affairs services, and they cannot be a barrier. Thank you. 
Thank you, Honorable Member. I now invite Honorable Lekwase. Thank you very much, Chair. And I would like to switch my video off as I'm struggling with the network. Proceed, Honorable Member. Honorable Chair, Ministers, Deputy Minister, Parliament, colleagues from the Thank you, Chair. Honorable Chief Parliament, calling the Department of Home Affairs, fellow South Africans, good afternoon. Chair, one would want to respond to members of the opposition that came before one who are grandstanding on the platform rather than giving credit where it is due because every time we are in portfolio committees and they would congratulate and applaud the department for the sterling work that they've been doing with the department. But let me not do it time, Chairperson, and extend a word of gratitude to Mr. McKay for the sterling work that he has been doing with the Department of Home Affairs and say we wish him well. Chairperson, the ANC, uh, the, the, ANC, the ANC has invested more time in making sure that those that they send in government does exactly the mandate that they are sent to, 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 to do in the Department, especially of Home Affairs. For in case, Chairperson, Section 10 of the Constitution entails that everyone has inherent dignity and the right to have their dignity respected and protected. Human dignity is a central value of the objective, normative value and system established by the Constitution. A person's identity, a person's identity is a link to a person's human dignity. The core mandate of the department ensures the realization of this right, which is to secure and to confirm our identity and citizenship, securing the identity and status of every citizen. House Chair, the Department of Home Affairs touches the lives of citizens from cradle to the grave, starting with the registration of infants within 30 days of birth. After birth certificates, the department issues identity documents which enable citizens to do various transactions, like opening an account, applying for business license, and registering for a cause at any... Honorable Lekwase, you are fading away. Honorable Lekwase. Honorable members, we'll move on and come back to Honorable Lefasi with the minutes that she has. Passports and sure people are treated with respect and dignity, even when they travel outside the country. When people enter into marriage, Honorable Lefasi, Honorable Lefasi, can you find better connection? I'll come back to you. Uh, when you have done so. I now call on, upon Honorable Jafter. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, may I also be allowed to leave my video off because I'm also struggling here with the network. Honorable Chair, this budget vote is delivered at a crucial time in our history where illegal immigration, poor border management control, poor border management control and corruption in the department have become a commonplace. With the constitutional function of securing borders and managing our ports of entry, the department has often 
been left wanting. Illegal marriages are on the rise and fraud syndicates collude with home affairs officials. Honorable Chair, the crisis of the crisis of identity document fraud must feature in this debate about must feature in the debate about the fourth industrial uh, revolution. We can no longer avoid the scaling up of our processes through biometrics technology. But the untrained biometric data include blood typing, fingerprinting, DNA analysis, retinal scanning, and voice recognition. We therefore need to modernize and digitize the operations of the department. Honorable Chair, there is a continued need to add more countries into our basket pool of visa-free countries. This will boost our tourism sector and harness our export potential. Honorable members, the South African Printing Works is arguably one of the promising entities of government. Its model could be replicated and adopted by the Ministry of Transport, that is of, of, of Home Affairs, which is facing challenges of printing license, license cards and also the Ministry of Transport. We will therefore support this budget vote, Honorable Chair. I thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Member. Honorable Jose, you are left with uh, five minutes, 37 seconds. Are you back on the platform? Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson, Minister and Deputy Minister, Members of Parliament, fellow South African. Section 10 of the Constitution entails that everyone has inherent dignity and the right to have the de- their dignity respected and protected. Human dignity is a central value of the objective, normative value system established by the Constitution. A person's dignity identifies is intractably linked the right to human dignity. The core mandate of the department ensures that realization of the right, which is to secure and confirm our identity and citizenship. Securing the identity and status of every citizen is part of our journey toward the socio-economic transformation and the restoration of the dignity of citizen in line with the Constitution of the Republic. The Department of Home Affairs touches the lives of citizens from the cradle, from the cradle, cradle to the grave, starting with the registration of infants within 30 days of birth after birth certificate, the department issues identity document, which enables citizens to do various uh, transactions, like opening an account, applying for a business license, or registering for a course. Secure documents like passport also ensure our people are treated with respect, even when they travel outside the country. When the people enter into marriage or civil union, the department is involved. Finally. When people die, their deaths are registered. The civic arm of home affairs is the biggest and the most active for any individual to live a stable, productive, travel-free, and a beneficial life within the confines 
of the law of that country. Such an individual needs the, needs the services of home affairs at least three times within their lifetime. While keeping with civic affairs of the department on behalf of the ANC, I wish to convey our heartfelt condolences to the families and friends of Namta Singwa Mtwa, who was murdered on the 21st April 2022 in Tata Eastern Cape. The war on the bodies of women and children cannot continue. Gender-based violence must come to an end. The country's law enforcement agencies must act and justice must be set. Mehesal and all other sal of victims of gender-based violence rest in eternal peace. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, one of the priorities of the ANC government is to build a capable and developmental state. A capable state is necessary for the safety service delivery and guide economic development. A developmental state must be capable of leading, guiding, and mobilizing all social partners towards achieving national objective and goals. The citizen affairs branch is responsible for providing secure, efficient, and accessible services and document to citizen and local residents. It ensures that entry to the population register happens within 30 days of a child's birth. It maintains a number of smart identity cards and it has a target of 3 million per year. It also targets the issue 90% of machine readable adult passport through the new life capture processes within 13 working days. Children are the soul of our society. If we fail them, we have failed as a society. There are the words of justice surgical in the case of SS versus presiding officers, children courts, crookers dog, and others. One of the long-standing priorities has been to clean up the national population register, the NPR, which continue for historical reason to contain significant inaccurate. One of the key approaches to clean up the NPR has been to persuade all parents to register their children within 30 days of birth. To optimize birth registration, the department continues to improve connectivity at health centers through its increased footprint plan. The committee has recommended that the department connect more hospitals to ensure that more births are registered at the hospital. This will assist with cutting long queues at the Department of Home Affairs. Honorable Chairperson, the ANC is committed in fighting corruption. Minister Muzwaledi has established a ministerial committee headed by the former Director General in the Presidency, Dr. Kezas Lubisi, to review all the permit issues since 2004. This is the year in which the migration out came into effect. The committee will review various permits, including all the permanent residence permits, businesses, and study visas. IDs, passport, and birth certificate have high value, and the Department of Home Affairs is under constant attack by local and international criminal syndicates. Cybercrime is also on the rise. This extremely worrisome because, as I aforementioned, one ident- one's identity is inextricably linked 
to human dignity. The department has over the years committed to strengthening the work of the counter-corruption unit of uprooting fraud, bribery, and corruption inside and outside the system. I'm afraid Thank you to burn the, Okay, the, the, the committee, the ANC supports the budget vote. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Hendricks. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, the Minister of Home Affairs has directed his nine-man legal team and directors to meet with Al Jama and his legal team led by lawyer Yusuf Dalvay, advocate Anton Lochenberg, and Professors Muhammad Harun and Professors Sandili Amina Nakubani in a whole day working meeting to get the certificate issued after a Muslim marriage ceremony recognized as an official South African marriage certificate, giving the option to the spouses on what propriety system they prefer. This is a social compact, or this is a social compact that President Ramaphosa wants. Homophys officials carefully analyzed the Muslim ceremony and was impressed with some of the key protocols. The future wife had to give her consent. She had to give consent on the amount of the dowry and she had the right to be present. On a more serious note, Aljama is supporting this budget vote and we look forward to the minister using some of the money he now has to follow through and make an announcement that will steal the heart of 5 million Muslims in the country. It cannot be that when a spouse in a Muslim marriage dies, the death certificate says never married. The officials of the minister were so impressed with the rights of the future wife that they has on a marriage proposal that it is on the table to use this as a model for the One Marriage Act South Africa has on the radar for the seventh parliament. Minister, when you conclude this debate, please say something about this bold move of yours. Party of the party don't want to approve this budget. al will support this budget vote. The entire Muslim community is voting. No one must be left out when it comes to a legal South African marriage certificate. This gives effect to the human dignity the South African constitution guarantees. Minister al has thrown a lifeline to your department to have in place a Muslim Marriage Act by the end of the year in terms of a court order. We have lots of private members' bill, which is a bare-bones bill, avoiding the dispute issues that has delayed the best efforts of Cabinet to pilot the Muslim Marriage Bill over the past 20 years. We, 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 we wanted a bare-bones bill to, give, to get the Muslim Marriage Certificate, which now may not be necessary if you give us the good news. I asked for earlier. Those dispute issues can be addressed when you come up with us with the, with the uh, one statute marriage bill in the seventh parliament. Aljamai has a second private member's bill uh, to amend the maintenance act which favors men. The minister stands with women, so he will make parliament proud if he supports Aljamai's two private bills. Aljamai supports uh, uh, the budget uh, uh, vote. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hendricks. The next speaker will be Honorable Sheikh Imam. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. 
I think we must not forget the quote that we must not shoot the messenger. I think under the current minister, there has really been a lot of successes of recent. Yes, indeed, there are challenges. These are challenges that have been inherited by the minister and his team. But let me start off by commending the minister and his DG, and also not forgetting the staff at Mgeni Road, Bonga Mkiz and Zandile Damini. Minister, your intervention in many of the matters that were raised to you were dealt to timelessly, and I must thank you for that. Indeed, of course, I want to let you know that the Ukrainian, South African who married a Ukrainian has subsequently passed on, but your immediate intervention managed to save the day. Thank you very much for that. Let me also say this, that you know, a lot of the challenges that the Department of Home Affairs is facing, and if you listen to what the Director General has told Parliament, that there is 9,025 unfunded vacancies. Now, what does that actually tell you? You certainly cannot expect miracles from this department. What I think we should be doing is the unions, civil society, members of parliament, we should all come together to assist this department in getting its house in order. The IT system that the minister, and we want to welcome that, although I must tell you, minister, we do not have a lot of confidence in CETA alone. But let's look at some of your successes in your department. Look at the Kruger's, Kruger's Dop syndicate that were taken down. Let's look at what happened in Pumalanga, how you've arrested people there. Let's look at what happened about the Bushiri permanent resident official in your department that is arrested. Let's look at the official that was arrested at the Omar Tambo. Let's look at your intervention on the work permits. Let's look at your intervention on the border control. And if you remember my concern being raised of how buses were going past with people paying 50 rand and going through. Look at your intervention. These are all success stories of the Department of Home Affairs, which nobody seems to talk about. Yes, there are challenges. I want to repeat that again. But of course, let us also talk about the good that is being done by this department, the successes by this department. And more importantly, let's talk about the 1.5 billion rand contract that the department intervened on. And of course, they were successful in the Concord. Why are we not talking about all these things? So I think a lot of good work is being done by this department. This department needs us to work hand in hand with this department so that we could be able to deal with the challenges that this department is facing. And if we are able to do that, I think this department will be more uh, successful in providing services to the people. However, I want to reiterate, the independent electoral commission minister needs a lot of attention. I think one of the things we want to recommend that you need a conflict resolution uh, committee in the uh, uh, IEC to deal with conflicts in political parties who spend hundreds of million rands in court fighting each other. And certainly the IEC does not have the capacity to be able to deal with this problem. So if we want to save money, I think that's the way put in a committee. Thank you very much. The NFP will support your budget vote, Minister. And thank you very much for the good piece of work you and your DGI. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much, uh, Honourable Member. Honourable Members, yes. Mr. Honourable King, um, uh, Honourable um, Angel Kangile um, has left one minute. Can that be added to Honourable Ruiz, please? I wanted to, to say that. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Honourable Ross will have seven minutes now. 
Can you proceed? Uh, thank you, House Chair. Minister, we, we were very appreciative to see Home Affairs mobile units uh, in KwaZulu-Natal in recent times to assist with uh, documentation to those who had lost theirs in the floods. I was also very appreciative to see Home Affairs mobile units in my constituency last Friday. But this can't be a once-in-a-lifetime event. What I saw is that we have to take Home Affairs services to the people. The DA has been calling again and again for more mobile units to go out more often, including to schools. Now, many young people of school-going age were part of the crowds taking this rare opportunity to access Home Affairs services. And the excuses have now shifted from COVID to saying that, that you don't have any money. But that's not true, Minister. You, you have over 9 billion rand in this budget. You have the money. It's the choice of what you do with that money that is going to make all the difference. So it's not only law-abiding, documented foreign nationals being punished by your inability to control immigration, but South Africans as well. In response to my parliamentary question in March 2022, you responded that less than one in 10 South African learners without ID numbers on the Department of Basic Education's database had been able to apply through mobile unit school visits last year. These are undocumented South African children. Now, Gogo pleaded with me last Friday to assist as her grandchild could not get an ID because the child's mother was unable to register the birth. So being the child of a Swazi mother and a South African father. So the mother and child face generational poverty for the simple sin that the father cannot afford the DNA test to prove that he's the father. I should be able to access this through an indigent program. It is heartbreaking to think how this man must feel. This undocumented South African child is excluded from applying for a bursary, denied social support, and left to the abuses of informal employment. Now, the DA has highlighted the vulgar amounts spent on rentals of home affairs offices, where the landlords don't even have to maintain these facilities, it seems. And this is why you lack money for mobile units and to provide an indigent program to such parents. A similar get-rich-quick scheme is found at Lindella, where it costs thousands of rands per month to house and feed each illegal immigrant living in prison-like conditions there. Home Affairs is spending so much on the contract that they can barely afford the deportation costs, and so they eventually release many of these persons onto the streets with an order to leave. It was the DA who had to fight for the 68-year backlog of asylum-seeker appeals to be addressed, and the UNHCR had to come to the rescue with the 27.5 million rand a year needed to address this backlog in just four years. Meanwhile, government printing work spends 150 million rand a year on professional services of consultants and lawyers, despite having in-house lawyers, so that employees with grievances against executives can be faced with a lawyer when they try to seek justice. When the DA has called for the minister to resolve the issue of opening the offices on Saturdays, he claims to be powerless to come to a resolution with the unions but deals decisively with unions when they touch government printing works. Do you want to be a security department? Your choices have left government printing works vulnerable and cost millions. The GPW lost financial data due to gross negligence by the CEO that is costing millions in an audit and reconstruction process of that data. And only after the DA had exposed this was there an investigation. The ineffective Border Management Authority or BMA drags on with millionaire managers appointed while the defense budget is cut. Now, carte blanche finds people irregularly crossing the border within a few days with a camera crew, and yet the BMA somehow can't. 
Now, the socioeconomic impact assessment on the BMA bill recommended the BMA should be a coordinating role. Now we have millionaire managers with land cruisers and uniforms, while the senior managers in immigration that were supposed to be doing that job are still employed. So hiring 200 border guards sounds good. But in the defense budget earlier, we heard that they cannot afford the border patrols that they need. So who is in charge and who is doing what? It's a very confusing situation at our borders. In the meanwhile, Stockport border remains closed. And when I asked why, I was informed that Port Health is not there. And therefore, they cannot implement COVID protocols. So who is in charge of the borders? BMA, NAT joints, or is it Port Health because they are closing a border? We have the border officials who work at Stockport sitting somewhere, while businesses in Stockport have closed their doors, the Bureau de Change retrenched all their employees, and vegetable tunnels closed due to no sales across the border. Home affairs delays and wrongful rejection of foreigners' visa applications are costing millions in litigation. Foreign investment then goes elsewhere, and the jobs that go along with it. Now, while you rack up legal bills opposing even blatantly valid claims, you refuse to take legal action on officials who leave on corruption charges and recover stolen money. Once they leave, it seems they are home free. Minister, you need to invest in your agents at South African missions abroad. Today, I received a plea from a citizen in Ireland who waited 10 months for her son's passport application, only to be told that the passport cannot be processed because there was no ID. Now, why was the passport application even accepted without an ID? This is not an isolated incident. It's happening all the time. The staff don't know what they're doing there um, in, in many occasions. And persons wait for, for, for many months only to find out that something was wrong and they have to start over. And your 18 to 24-month turnaround time to process an ID or passport application from South African missions abroad is a disgrace. You are aware of the problem and leave it. This ANC Home Affairs budget gives more money to landlords, Lindella looters, lawyers, and millionaire managers. A DA Home Affairs budget would cut the Lindella and BMA gravy trains and make sure that staff are held accountable to do their jobs so that more budget is available for deportation and Defence Force border patrols. A DA Home Affairs budget would ensure more clinics have birth registration services and indigents have access to DNA testing so that undocumented South African children can access opportunities and dare to dream. A DA Home Affairs budget would sort out IT systems and provide more mobile units to take services to the people, to go to schools and communities and get the documents they need to access opportunities. South Africans are stuck in poverty without home affairs documentation that proves they belong, that gives them access to opportunity. You have the money, Minister. Do something about it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. The next speaker will be Honorable Pillay. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister, Honorable Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, members of the executive and the legislature, compatriots, comrades and friends on various platforms. Good afternoon. The ANC rises in support of budget number five, Home Affairs. The last clause of the Freedom Charter says, it shall be peace and friendship. South Africa shall be a fully independent state which respects the rights and sovereignty of all nations. South Africa shall strive to maintain world peace and the settlement of all international disputes by negotiation, not war. 
the right of all peoples of Africa to independence and self-government shall be recognized and shall be the basis of close cooperation. The attainment of African unity and independence from the bondages of colonialism is something worth celebrating. In this vein, I join my colleagues in wishing all Africans a happy Africa month and Africa day for tomorrow. The ANC's January 8th statement sets out priorities for all ANC members and cadres, which underpins our work during 2022. And among these priorities set are to defend our democratic gains against attempts to undermine our constitutional order and destabilize our democracy, to build a capable developmental state with an effective and ethical public service that drives the implementation of South Africa's transformative agenda, and to continue to work for a better Africa and a better world. Chairperson, in terms of the Montevideo Convention of 1933, the accepted criteria of statehood are that a state must possess a permanent population, a defined territory, a government, and the capacity to conduct international relations. The founding provisions of our constitution affirm that South Africa is a sovereign and democratic state founded on the following values, human dignity, the achievement of equality, and the advancement of human rights and freedom, non-racialism and non-sexism, supremacy of, of the constitution, and the universal adult suffrage, a national common voters role, regular elections, and a multi-party system of democratic government to ensure accountability, responsiveness, and openness. It is a fact that South Africa faces a challenge of porous borders. The fragmented border management approach has not assisted the problem. No economy can flourish in an insecure environment. In 2013, cabinet agreed on the establishment of the Border Management Authority or the BMA. Guided by the National Development Plan 2030, the ANC's 54th National Conference reaffirmed the trust of the mandate as outlined in the NDP that South Africa's borders are effectively safeguarded, secured, and well-managed. Conference accepted the security assessment, which identified four categories of threats facing South Africa, which are the threats to the territorial integrity of the Republic, threats to the authority of the state, threats to the safety and well-being of South Africans, and threats to the country's economic development. Conference therefore resolved that the Border Management Authority Bill must be expedited and implemented. The ANC government took a decision to establish a border management authority to take responsibility for all functions related to the management of our borders in an integrated manner. The establishment of the BMA, BMA is meant to solve that problem. Chairperson, it must be noted that the BMA has had many critics, just like we have critics here today, since its conceptualization. But today, we can note the progress that has been made. In 2020, and in an attempt to create a more efficient process for overall border control and reduce the corruption element, the Border Management Authority Act was signed into law by the president. The BMA seeks to eradicate several challenges currently experienced within the border management environment due to the existing fragment model and provide a single authority to oversee all forms of border management control. The BMA model will be implemented at land, air, and sea ports of entry, the proposed BMA model will create a platform for proper coordination between different government departments, such as the South African Police Service, the South African Revenue Service, the Department of Home Affairs, Immigration, and the South African Defense Force. To work together in an attempt to clamp down on inter alia, the importation of counterfeit and illicit goods, 
and facilitate improved movement of people and goods. We note with appreciation that the president has appointed both the commissioner and deputy commissioners of operations at the BMA and the rollout process of the BMA is currently underway. Joint operations have been conducted by law enforcement agents from various departments, including SAPS, DHA, and the labor inspectors from the Department of Labor and Employment Services. An interministerial committee on migration was also established to have a coordinated approach in dealing with illegal migration, particularly the illegal employment of undocumented persons in the freight industry. The recruitment of 200 border guards is currently underway. The act requires BMA officers to respect fundamental rights, including those of vulnerable groups, such as trafficking victims, refugees, and asylum seekers. These developments are welcomed and indeed a positive step in the direction to a successful implementation of the BMA program, which will significantly aid in the streamlining of the border control. Chairperson, allow me to go into some of the RANs and SENS. The BMA will be allocated 67.5 million in 2022-2023, 67.4 million in 23-24, and 71.8 million in 2024-2025. The BMA will also be allocated a further 300 million over the MTF in order to establish it as a public entity. It is encouraged to note that the BMA's budget increases to 150.1 million in the current financial year from the previous allocation of 40.6 million. This is an increase of 303.93% in real terms. The BMA's allocation, will, which will be utilized for operationalization and recruitment of staff, the department envisages that the BMA will be fully implemented and operational by the end of the 23-24 financial year. The ANC supports the establishment and implementation of the Border Management Authority, which we believe will contribute significantly, significantly to improving the security of our borders and the management of immigration in our country. We will continue playing an oversight role over the implementation of the BMA. On immigration services, the Immigration Affairs Branch facilitates and regulates the secure movement of people through ports of entry into and out of the Republic of South Africa. It also determines the status of asylum seekers and regulates refugee affairs. The department reported that it plans to have 85% of permanent residence visas adjudicated within eight months for applications collected within South Africa. This is from the date of receipt of application until the outcome is, scan is in a scan at the VFS center. The permanent resident visas referred to here are the critical skills, general work, and business visas. The government printing works is a success story for the country. This is a highly efficient, self-funded organization that produces, amongst others, secure passports and smart ID cards. The GPW has positioned itself as a high-security printer of official documents and contributes to security and credibility of government. Chairperson, the natural disaster which befell the people of KZN and Eastern Cape could not have come at a worse time. Deputy Minister Nzuza and KZN Premier Zikalala handed over enabling documents to people who were affected by the floods in the province. This is well documented and I can't understand how members will come here and not be able to see that. In line with the BMA rollout and the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, the department is planning to develop and upgrade six of the land borders in a project known as the One-Stop Border Post. The annual target in terms of the One-Stop Border Post in the previous financial year was to issue a OSBP policy for public comments and finalize the contractual agreements with the contracted bidders. Chairperson, the ANC is steadfast in contributing to a better Africa 
and a better world. We are committed to the Africa Continental Free Trade and BMA, which in fact reinforce one another. The operationalization of the ACFTA will increase trade and increase the trend towards political, regional, and continental integration, which will enhance efforts to promote peace and security in war-affected regions of Africa. Chair, let me just stop by having to respond to some of our honorable members this afternoon. We have a multi-party democracy and opposition parties are present at our portfolio committees. At these portfolio committees, they contribute, support discussions and decisions, and most times congratulate the departments on the work done. Yet you choose to come here at a budget vote and then blame the ANC for everything then what is your role in parliament? Are you here to just be an opposition or are you here to also contribute to the solutions and support departments? Honorable Kanile, let me remind you that the Home Affairs has piloted 24 offices and by June, there would be a further 19 that gives us 43 offices where the booking system has been piloted. Now you come and make a suggestion that we should then start this, which has already started and you were present when this presentation was made. Honorable Kanile does not appreciate the good work that's done by the IEC and the department because actually she's not present at these important meetings. And so she's not able to get these reports. Honorable Rizal, you are absolutely correct. MPs are public reps and must interact with the issues raised by our people. We commend the joint work of the PC and the department. Honorable Aaron, if you are part of the Home Affairs Portfolio Committee, you will then understand, and perhaps you can go back and look at some of the recordings, that there was a full presentation on the booking system, and it does not own, and it will not only be available online on smartphones, but there will also be the USSD platform, meaning that you could use any phone to be able to make this booking, uh, booking at Home Affairs. Honorable Ruiz, as members, we have a direct access to the DG. We have a direct access to the department. In fact, Members regularly would bring forth cases and, and, and report this to the Home Affairs Department. They would come back and report in terms of where we are. We also have a spreadsheet of the cases that have been reported and the outcomes of that. So then to come here and to grandstand and to then just use the platform to be able to say that this case and this case, and there are hundreds of cases which members bring daily. But do we come back and say to the public that this has been resolved? that the individual received a passport or this individual received an ID document after the intervention. No, the DA is anti-progress and we must accept that. The ANC government has been and remains unequivocal on this. Everyone who enters the country, country lawfully is welcome. Everyone, citizens and foreign nationals who are in the country must adhere to the laws of this country. South Africa is a legitimate and a sovereign state. The government of the Republic of South Africa has an obligation to grant protection to refugees and other persons in need of protection under a number of UN conventions, such as the 1951 Convention relating to the status of refugees. The qualifications of refugee and asylum status are contained in such instruments. And Chairperson, I must say that we must appreciate the work done by the IEC and the Home Affairs Department and government printing works. Because repeatedly, we, we've received reports that says under circumstances and challenges that the country has faced, both through COVID, lockdowns, 
um, civil unrest, etc., that they are still able to maintain and provide the service that is required and the service that is necessary. And let me end in this words of President Ramaphosa in his Freedom Day speech. For those seek refuge from persecution and have legitimate grounds for any who have entered our country legally and have the legal right to be here, they will find South Africa a welcoming place. The ANC supports this budget bill. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. Honorable Members, I'm informed that the Minister on his initial allocation managed to save one minute. I'm also informed that the Deputy Minister also saved one minute, which are the minutes allocated to the Executive. That means the Minister will now have seven minutes. I now invite the Minister of Home Affairs, Honorable Minister. Thank you very much, House Chair, and thank you for the extra minutes. House Chair, in the final analysis, in my speech, I outlined the problems, which I'm surprised when some members here who were criticizing just rehashed as if they've just discovered the problem themselves. I have outlined them, but they rehearsed the problems without acknowledging that we have proposed solutions. If people don't believe in the solutions that we have proposed up to them, I put together about 13 actions that we are taking to deal with this issue of downtime, that systems are always down, and explained the conditions under which they happen, the downtime, and then all those possible solutions. As far as we are concerned, we have got, uh, uh, we, we trust very much, we have got confidence in the solutions we have proposed, and we are going to implement them without fear or favor. Now, Honorable Tito said, uh, Minister Redicus, uh, members of parliament, I can't do so. Firstly, it's not in my nature. It's not in my DNA to ridicule people. I'm sure you are aware that I work very well with all members of the portfolio committee. I've never ridiculed them. But it is you who sometimes ridicule yourself. For instance, you mentioned here on this platform uh, that indigent people are not able to get social services in KZN because they lost their IDs in the floods. Let me give you information on top of what the deputy minister has already given. The Department of Home Affairs visited 38 sites in Itequini, 38 sites where they were affected by flood, three sites in Ugu, four sites in Ilembe, a total of 45 sites, which were visited physically to identify people who were having problems in the wards. In those 45 sites, we served 2,394 people who were affected by floods, among which, unfortunately, 334 are the ones who had passed on and they were given death certificates timelessly. And the documents which the people applied for were later on issued by the Premier and the Deputy Minister. Deputy Minister visited those sites for the second time to issue uh, those documents. So it's not true that we never saved people affected by floods. And for our information, all of them 
were service free of charge. They were not charged anything. Uh, Honorable Kanila, I think you have already been responded to uh, by Honorable Pili. Uh, suffice it to say, don't ever try it again to try and separate, uh, divide the minister from officials because we work as a unit and we work very well. Uh, that won't be successful. Honorable Sheikh, uh, yes, I need to report to you today, you are right. After tipping us about the buses, you saw me on Good Friday going to the borders. We are actually charging them. Last week, we have met with Minister Mbalula and the cross-border transport services. Uh, make, uh, uh, let, let's get it clear. No boat will ever again convey people who have got no documents in South Africa again illegally. You are aware of the Rimvi bad services, which I stopped at the borders. We are charging them 420,000 rand because we are charging them 15,000 rand for each passenger they bring here illegally. And we inform them they will never enter South Africa again. And we are not apologetic about that. As Honorable Zungula has said, we are protecting our country. You can't just come here without any documentation whatsoever in a bus and hide in there illegally because that is what was happening. Honorable Rios, uh, yes, you are aware that I gave this report to the Portfolio Committee that we want to increase the uh, uh, mobile, the, the trucks. We said we want to double them and I've actually mentioned it in my speech. Yes, they are saving our people very well and that's why we like them very well. Now, you mentioned the issue of indigent, Honorable Rios, that some child cannot get an ID because they are indigent. Let me remind you, the first issue of ID is free for everybody. It's free. We don't charge anything. Whether you are indigent or not, it's free. But once you have lost it, we replace you pay. But those who are indigent, we give them waivers. Others, we send them to the Department of Social Development to write a report. We do not practice a situation where somebody cannot get an ID because they are poor. If you encounter such people, please bring them here because we have got systems to help them and weaver them to them. That's why all the people who are involved in this disaster, I wrote a waiver as a minister. I'm empowered by the ad. I wrote a waiver that we are not gonna charge them any cent. So it's not uh, uh, true that uh, there will be people who, because they are indigent, they can't get, uh, uh, what you call, they can't get identification. It doesn't happen like that. And honorable rules, I know that the DA has tried everything in their power to get the CEO of government printing works fired. Please, I've asked you many times, show us what she has done and put it on the table. You have never exposed anything at the government printing works the tribunal which I, 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 I put up there after consulting the president was not because DA uh, 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 pointed to or exposed anything. It was because of the systems that were down there and the report is out from those experts, eight of them who are investigating what will happen. Please come to the portfolio committee meeting because I want them to read the report to you directly on their own. Honorable Heron, let me correct. A TIC temporary identification certificate is a replacement document of people who are already on the National Population Register. It is definitely accepted by social development. Honorable Lizel van der Merve, there is this issue in the media about the Russian woman. That woman is not from Russia, she's from Lithuania. And she was stopped when she entered South Africa 
without any documents, uh, we stopped them. And our immigration officials stopped them. Please praise them for that. And we even confiscated her passport. Yes, we know she went to a party. And that's why we are so angry about abuse of our immigration system because she has applied for asylum. You are aware that last week Friday, she went to court for us to bring the, the passport back and the court threw the case out. We've even reported their criminality to the police. So we are not playing games in Home Affairs for people who come here, regardless of which part of the world they come from. When they misuse our systems to come to parties and say they are, they, 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 are, they, are, they are refugees, when we, I mean, they are asylum seekers when we are not. Honorable Zingula, yes. Once Thank more, you very much, Honorable Minister. Unfortunately, you have run out of time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honorable members, you are reminded that the debate on employment and labor budget vote and police budget vote, which includes independent police investigative directorate and civilian secretariat for the police service, will take place at 16.30 on the virtual platform. That concludes the debate and the business of this virtual mini-plenary session. The mini-plenary will now rise. Long live the